If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Every snap is an interview. After the snap. What a snap. And keep your mouth shut, 50! I lead by example. With Blake and Reed Ferguson discussing life in, out, and after football. To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a championship, uh, it couldn't be any better. Yeah! Well, you can take this boy out the real sound, thought but you can't take the real sound out of my voice. And now here we go again, twist a little bit of teeth because you got thick skin. Welcome into After the Snap. My name is Blake Ferguson. I am the long snapper for your Miami Dolphins. I am joined by my co-host and lovely long snap, lovely, lovely long snapper, Reed Ferguson, long snapper for your Buffalo Bills. We represent half the AFC East, and we are here to talk all things football, all things beer, all things Christmas decor. That was my. That's uh, that's say, top of my list to ask you. I I and that's not even in our notes. I have had my Christmas tree up since the day we got back from Buffalo after Halloween. That's incredible. Major props to and, you. And I just bought another tree as well for bedroom, bathroom. No, so so the the space that my current tree is in, it's a seven foot tree. Current space it's in is a little bit big for the size of the tree. So I got a bigger tree to put in that space. And then I will move the seven foot tree up into the front room area where it'll be a little bit cozier. So, so the, so the first looks, tree, the tree looks small. The first tree was too it small. Too small. Yeah. So I got a nine foot tree to put in the current space that my seven foot tree is in. Interesting. That makes sense. I had to buy all new ornaments and such because I will now have to decorate two trees. Only That's by choice? That is by choice. Because if I remember correctly, I also, and you know mom listens to this, the both of us hated was like the least favorite thing decorating ever. and yeah. taking down the Christmas tree. I think taking it down. Decorating is not course. bad. Because you see, you see the ornaments every year. You see the memories from yeah. you, when you were kids, the the pictures, the paintings, the homemade ornaments, the ornaments yeah. from uh, vacations, etc. You get the point. Taking them down and thus rewrapping every ornament. Yes. Putting them all, all the glass ones have to go in paper yes. towels or newspaper for them to be protected for the rest of the year magically break somehow. I don't really uh, know. Since but. we're on the topic, I'll never forget the year that the Christmas tree fell on mom. Yep. And that, and that was the last that, year we had a real tree. <laughs> not because, not, not because it was not because she was allergic to pine, which she is allergic to pine. And I don't know why we ever got a real tree, but because it fell on mom. And then she had hives and a full-on allergic reaction to our Christmas tree. She, I mean, she's a trooper for, honestly, for living in a house with a real tree 
being allergic to pine. I think they probably did it for the experience for us because I always like going to pick one out. I thought that was awesome to like go pick out a tree and chop it down or whatever and, you know, strap it to the top of the car. But now that we've got a house up here, this is where we spend Christmas. Like I'm fully on board. Hashtag artificial gang. Yeah, I am too. And I I will always blame it on mom being allergic to pine. I will say that I get an artificial tree because of mom, but it's 100% way easier to put the little thing. Yep. You know, you just stack up the the three sections of the tree. It's already got lights on it. It's easier. You don't have to do it. It's more cost efficient. It always looks great. And you don't have pine needles everywhere for your two dogs to eat. Speaking of it being cost efficient, over the span of how long I'm going to own this artificial Christmas tree, I can buy a $10 balsam fir candle every year, put it next to the Christmas tree, and I get the same effect. I just love that you know exactly the scent to buy. I mean, because we we have some. I'm I'm pretty sure Erica bought a four-pack last year, so... Well, the last thing I will, and the last thing I will say about Christmas decor is I have two light up inflatables for my yard already. One is a thing that goes, it's like probably 10 feet long and it says Merry Christmas with a gingerbread man and a snowman. And then for my balcony, I purchased an eight foot Santa Claus that is waving. Wow. I'm impressed. If, you, if you have, you, you, you've they, outdone me. If they don't know it's Christmas time by now, they got a whole thing coming when these inflatables go up. Let's recap week nine. Let's not the best. I'm going to just start that off. Not the best weekend, uh, for the Buffalo bills. Uh, we took the L Sunday down in Jacksonville. Uh, I honestly don't have much to say about it. I'm actually 0-2 in that stadium, oddly enough. Playoff game, I think, playoff game in, at the end of the 2017 season. And and that also was a low-scoring game. I think it was 10-3. So, weirdly enough, just uh, just hard to get it going on Sunday. But the bright side, T. Bass, our guy, continues to be dominant. Uh, he was 2-2 two for two, uh, with, uh, I think he had a 41-42 yard field goal that he stroked right down the middle. So, um you know he's he's doing well. You know, trying to we got to get we got to get T bass. Yeah, on we the do. Pod. And I, 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 he wants to come on because I've told him that a me and you have talked about getting him on, and b we have had people on uh, on Twitter ask him, uh, you know, tag us and ask when he's coming on when he's coming on the podcast. So we will get him on. T bass will be on the podcast soon. Uh, we have a special guest next week. I'll tease that later in the show. But yeah, T-Bass will be on the podcast at a, a later date. But uh, Well, I, I will just say he represents all things after the snap. Yes. Between him, Matt, Jason, and Michael, like those guys got to come on and, and participate in after the snap because literally they are what happens after we hundred percent. Yeah. I'm agree with you there, but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, not much to say, uh, T bass kind of the lone, uh, bright spot 
this weekend. Uh, but we're looking ahead. We, we're week to, 10. We're to yep, next week. Week 10, we are uh, headed to the New York Jets on Sunday. Ooh. So, good old MetLife. Yep, division game. Got to bounce back. The Meadowland. Very nice. Well, we are back in the win column. And it was a refreshing victory over the Houston Texans. We won 17-9. to Somewhat low-scoring game. It was great to get back in the win column. When you go on one of those, you know, streaks where you you lose several games in a row, it's a little bit, it's just like a defeating feeling around the locker room, around the building. It's just, you know, everybody's, everybody's, you know, kind of chomping at the bit, looking for the the next win because that's, you know, that's why we're there. So, uh, but I will say that Mike Gusecki, my, twin my doppelganger had an unbelievable game he made it on the nfl instagram page twice during the game because he had two one-handed catches both were unreal. no way a right hand, he had a right hand and a left-handed uh one-handed catch throughout the game and honestly i've so i've 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 obviously played 16 games with him last year and now eight games this year, nine games this year. So I've, I've seen what he can do in practice and in games, and he is unbelievably talented. And when he made his first catch, he was, he was kind of, I think it was, like a, it was like a comeback route over on the left sideline. And the ball was a little bit outside, and he, he had to kind of reach back and, and one-hand catch it with his right hand. And when he caught that, I was like, I looked at Michael Pilardi and I was like, it's going to be one of those days for him. When it rains, it pours like it, if he has one, he's going to have four. Like he just has an unbelievable game. Fortunately, he had an, he had a great game for us and uh, we were able to pull out the win. We do have a quick turnaround this week. We play Thursday night against the Baltimore Ravens here at home. Fortunately, Anytime you have a quick turnaround like that, you're you're glad to have two home games, uh, the Sunday and then, and then the Thursday. Last year we played Jacksonville on a Thursday night, so I got a kind of a taste of what that's like. Pretty early and in the season, tough. wasn't it? Like it, week it really two or is. three, maybe. It was three. Yeah. It was right after we played yes, y'all. That's right. It, it's tough on the body. It's tough mentally, just because you don't you know get an off day between Sunday and the Thursday game. You're you're right back at you know, yeah, I mean, right Monday, snapping the yeah, day, day after yep. a game, like I snap, you know, snap today, I'm going to snap tomorrow and then I'll snap on game. So it's, I mean, you don't, don't really get a break, but the nice thing is once you play the game on Thursday, you basically have the whole weekend to rest and recover and let your body get right before the next week. But it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm super excited for it. I love playing primetime games. That's why we play this game that we do is to, you know, be on TV and, and have fun and, and enjoy those moments. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I know you'll be watching. When you say that you enjoy playing the primetime games there, I have come into, come into contact with guys that actually don't enjoy the primetime games. Have you ever, have you ever can, run in, yeah, have you ever that. run into anybody like that? They just prefer I, yes, the one o'clock every I, week, which is great. I love one o'clock games. You're, you know, it's yeah. that's kind of 
I guess it's it's obvious to say that because your whole kind of your the normal routine is a one o'clock game, right? Everybody likes some one o'clock games. Yeah. But the prime time, I'm I'm with you. The prime time is why you play the game. I mean, those couple of chances you right. get to be under the lights during the season, you know everybody's watching, right? That's when you know that you know. You know, for reference, we went to KC. That was our first uh, primetime game of the season. Uh, we, and, you know, rematch of the championship game and all that from last season. We knew everybody was going to be watching, and that I think that you know that helped propel us to um, to the win. But you know, it, it kind of gives you a little extra boost of energy, I would say. But yeah, oddly enough, I was surprised to hear that. I mean, I was probably a couple years ago. I don't think we have any of those guys on our team anymore. There are some. There are some guys out there that. That actually, you know, the late games throw, you know, throws the whole week off. You know, they just, they just don't enjoy the night games for some reason, which I thought was kind of, it was just kind of weird because, you know, you, when you grow up, you're watching football, you, you watch all the primetime games, right? You Sunday night football, Monday night football, Thursday football. You know, it's just kind of a, it's kind of it's part of it, like it's part of the love of the game. Anyway, that just popped up in my mind. Felt like I had to say something about it. Yeah, I, I've had a couple of guys that they enjoy the one o'clock games and they enjoy the, you know, just being out and being done, done with it early and they can go about their business getting ready for the next game. I have, I have had guys like that. Let's get to the, after the snap week nine clutch snap of the week, the Falcons were taking on the new Orleans saints, a divisional matchup in the NFC South. The saints scored a late touchdown with a minute and six seconds left to go ahead 25-24. Falcons were up big, leaving I think. A little, leaving a little bit too much time. Yeah, they were up 14, uh, sorry, 17-3. to Saints came back. Too much time uh, for Matty Ice. They left a little bit, a little bit too much time for Matty Ice. You and I grew up in Atlanta, and we know what happens when you leave Matty Ice with too much time. Took it all the way down to the New Orleans 11-yard line, and let Josh Harris snap a dime for Young Way Koo to knock it through. Ooh, like that. that yep. dime. Knocked it through to seal the 27-25 victory. So congrats to Josh Harris. They've had multiple I think it's his second. field goals this year. This is like yeah, their second I think or third it's his second field yeah. goal. I think our second clutch snap of the week since we've started. Third, yes, this. yes, correct. Third game-winning field goal. I think it's Josh's second clutch snap of the week because I think we gave it to him when they played you guys. Yes. Okay. I, so. I mean, they've had three, so it was obviously one of the first two. But uh, congrats to Josh. Uh, oddly enough, we just had him on the podcast, so I'm not saying there's any magic involved, but I'm not saying there's not. I've enjoyed doing these interviews. Me too. We should do more of them. Agree. And we will be doing yes. more But first... Let's recap the last few that we've had, shall we? We shall. I thought it was a, you know, I put it in, I put it in the notes. I thought it would it was it would be a good idea to kind of recap between the two of us what are what are kind of the top 3 things that we that we pulled from the past couple interviews that we've had. Matt Overton with the Chargers, Josh Harris with the Falcons, and obviously uh, Patrick Scales uh, with the Bears. What's one thing you pulled from that kind of stuck with you from 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 these interviews? The first thing that I just from really from all three, and it's something that I've I've kind of learned over time being in the NFL, and these guys are a huge testament to it. 
everyone's journey is different in this league. And nobody, no two guys get here the same way. And like even, even you and I have for the most part had the exact same journey, but the, even, even still there are a few things along the way that have been different for us. And so it takes work from everybody to get here, but everyone's, everyone's journey is going to be a little bit different. Um, the second thing that I had was to learn to appreciate every moment. I kind of got that from scales just with how much fun that he has. He's, you know, he's always doing the, you know, he's always giving the social media person a, a funny look on their Instagram story. He's always kind of joking around. He and Pat O'Donnell up there have a, had a really good time. So um, just learning to appreciate every moment because they go quickly in this league. They go very, very quickly. We're already approaching, this is week 10. And so we're over halfway done with this season. And that is bonkers to me, just bonkers. That's, those are probably my main uh, things that I've learned. There's obviously a ton more from the three of those guys because there's a ton of experience between the three of them. But those are probably my favorite too. Yeah, I think uh, I, I agree with what you said with, with, with what you pulled from Pat's interview about, you know, kind of in, trying to enjoy every moment because I think, you know, I think with our position, we, well, speaking for myself, you may agree. I think uh, we see, I see the football season from a wide view. We kind of interact, I interact with everybody on the team. Right, a lot of a lot of teams, including ours, you know, offensive guys. Some offensive guys may not interact much with the defensive guys, and vice versa. I'm I'm in the middle room, right? And and as a captain, I have to kind of keep my hand in all of the pots, so to speak, just to make sure I have just to make sure I'm I'm accounting for everybody's perspective. So I I feel like I get, I feel like it's it's easy for me to appreciate. Enjoying this game, enjoying getting these guys, getting to know all of my teammates every year because it's never the same team. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's. I think Absolutely. it can be easy to get caught up and and take what we do for granted if you lose that chip on your shoulder, if you kind of lose that drive, right? And next thing you know, you're at home on your couch. Yeah, I think, and th- and this is something that I've learned from you is that there there has to be a balance of I'm going to the facility each day and I'm clocking into work. I'm there to I'm there to work and I'm there to earn a living for my family, right? Yes. But also I'm there to love on my teammates. I'm there to be a friend. I'm there to be a lending ear to the guys who look up to me and I'm a second year player, but I can still be a leader in the Correct. locker room. And I learned that I learned that from guys like you who you were a captain in your what, third or fourth season in Buffalo? Third. Third season in Buffalo. And you were already at that point in time you were already like the third or fourth highest tenured player on the team. <laughs> and so I'm serious, but but we I mean I jo- I'm joking, but I'm serious. But you know, there's a there has to be a balance of you know, appreciating every moment, 
but also showing up to work and knowing that, you know, the people upstairs can get taken at any moment. They're looking for your replacement. Always every team across the board, every player, every position, everybody's replaceable. And you have to have that mentality while also trying to foster relationships with your teammates and showing them that you care about them as a Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent agree. So I wrote down three things. Uh, I, I, I pulled kind of one thing that stuck with me from each guy. So uh, from Matt Overton's interview, Matt, he snaps for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. He is a uh, 10-year vet. It took him, for for those who might have not listened yet, uh, I strongly encourage you, I think out of the three, um, for snappers out there or, or really anybody that wants to hear a great perseverance story, I think Matt Overton and his him telling his story and kind of his perspective on things uh, is a great listen. But one thing I pulled from him is to never give up on your dreams. And I kind of just hit on it. But for those who haven't listened, it took him five years to break into the NFL. And I think if you looked at a chart of players in the league and how historically anybody that's ever played in the NFL – and you look at how long they went from playing college to reaching their goal to playing in the NFL. And I know he played he played at some of the uh, the semi pro leagues and stuff like that in, within those five years to continue, you know, playing while he could and, and, earn, and earning what he could uh, along the way and to stay fresh and to stay in the game. I think I think if you like if you looked at how long it took guys to make it to the league, like five years is probably it's got to be in the top one percent of amount of time somebody's had to wait to make it to the NFL. Uh, that was one thing that stuck with me from from Matt's interview, from Josh's interview last week. I think uh, when he talked about de- he developed a routine early uh, because he said he got caught. On the, I guess he said he got caught on the late bus or like the first bus, but not the early bus that the specialists were on. So when he arrived to the stadium for, I think it was his first preseason game, the specialists were all about to go out, you know, for warmups and he had just shown up to the stadium. So he kind of had to hurry and he was like, never again. So he was able, he, he kind of put emphasis on developing a routine early. And that's not just on game day. That's on that's that's practice days. That's off days. That's day after game. You know, every day of the week, I could pretty much tell you, you know, probably down to the minute what I'm going to be doing, um, which I think is you know it's important. But you know, to each their own. Uh, and then from Patrick's interview, he he kind of he's had a good bit of competition throughout his career uh, in Chicago. So, and, and kind of where, and kind of where he has been leading up to him signing in Chicago. But that was one thing that stuck with me is, is he spoke on competition being something that drives you to be your best. And he, he basically said, you know, he doesn't take the angry vet approach. He's very much kind of what I'm, what I try to be, uh, you know, when, when eventually competition will show up in Buffalo, whoever that is going to be, I'm not going to be, Hey, you know, don't talk to me, you know, Hey, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do everything I can to make you feel bad and make you, you know, nervous or whatever. Like that was that I got a little taste of that when I was 
coming through. You know, it was, very, it was just rough around the edges. Uh, you know, it was hard going. The, spe- the, the, the guys were helpful, you know, when I was, you know, had first gotten to Buffalo. But I think the way I like, the way I would like to handle and the way I do handle young guys now is just a very outgoing approach. Hey, what can I do to help? I've been there before. You know what? As a as a you, you know you're you're sitting here in a room surrounded a, a you know by a bunch of vet guys in whatever room you're in. How can we help? You know what are you doing to develop a routine? Are you eating the right things? Are you getting enough sleep? I will say that I was fortunate last year to have somebody like that in a, in my locker room. He very easily could have just brushed me off because he had been in the league since 2005. Ryan Fitzpatrick was the best vet I could have possibly had in my locker room to, I was a rookie long snapper. Like, you know how many long snappers he's probably met in his career that he's been on a team with? I was very, I felt very fortunate to have somebody like that, that, you know, if I had a question about a routine, if I had a question about, okay, you know, how do I handle this situation with a coach? How do I handle this situation with, you know, whatever it is, I was I was glad to have somebody like that in you know in my locker room as a for sure. I mean that goes a long way, especially for for young for younger guys. So uh, yeah, I mean that was that was kind of the last thing I took from from Pat. You know, uh, basically competition driving you to be your best self on and off the field. I thought that Josh Harris had an awesome perspective on mental toughness, just from the experience that he had early in his career with Matt Bryant, where he literally legitimately said, this guy's not cutting it. Like this guy is not good enough. He just worked. He just kept chopping wood. He kept going back and he's, he's been the guy ever since. And so to me, that's, that's the ultimate story of mental toughness. When, when a guy in your own room is saying this guy is, he's not, he's not good enough. And you know, you're like, you know what? I, I don't care. I, I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep improving. And I'm going to show you why I deserve to be here. Kudos to him for that and, and having that mentality because I think that that's big time admirable. 100%. 100%. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie, and Wrightsville, and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and Beaches Vacation.com. So I said I was going to tease next week's guest. I'm not going to give away his name, but he is a Super Bowl winning long snapper times three and. He is a huge, huge supporter of the GoPro movement. So if you can figure it out, let us know. Otherwise, tune into next week's show. Blake, I got a couple of quick hitters here um, as we as we as we wrap up the show. I want to get your thoughts. All right, so we haven't talked about it. There's something going on down in the bayou. Um, and it looks like we might have a new head coach next year. Looks like we definitely will. Yeah, not might. Coach. Looks like we will have a yeah. new head coach next year. 
What contractually, <laughs> contractually, there will be a correct, head coach correct, in correct, Baton Rouge correct. next year. What? Um, give me, give me I, any thoughts you have, because I, I honestly, you're closer to the program than I am, just because I have, I, I've been away for so for years now, uh, and you're only, you know, you're a year and a half removed, basically two years removed. Yeah. What? What? Kind of run, run me through. What are your thoughts on on him on Ed staying through the end of the season instead of leaving? Knee jerk reaction was. Wow, that's weird. And I don't know how it's going to work out. And as it has continued, I my knee-jerk reaction has been confirmed. Because I was like, okay, that's odd. Like normally if you're like he's going to coach through the end of the year, it's like, okay, we have one game left. Right. He'll just coach the last game and then he'll be done. <laughs> they were like through like four games, like three games, four games. Yeah, I think they were. It was. I think they were three and three. Oh, yeah. So, okay, so six games. <laughs> so they had they had half the season left, half the regular season yep. left. Because it was and, before Florida, and we beat yes. Florida, which yes, I could they had not, not announced, believe. They had not announced it. Correct. They had not correct. announced it. Couldn't believe it. They hung forty nine on the Florida. The Florida game. Yeah. yeah. And obviously they've lost the last two, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, word on the street is the the athletic director doesn't didn't like any of his options for the interim, which I don't know if I'm buying that because I don't I don't really know. I feel like the best move would have been to move on and just pick a name out of a hat, right? Yeah, make Corey Raymond the defense or the the DBs coach the. Yeah, I mean, it, just, yeah, there's a handful of coaches that have been there been for a there, while. Yeah, yeah, somebody that's been there for a while that knows the guys and that everybody yeah. likes. Yeah, I don't um, know. Yeah, but I, I will say it, it was – I was like when they first announced it right after the Florida game, I was like, wow, that's weird. Since then, it's only served to get weirder. Like I don't know if you watched the Bama game at all this past weekend. I did. But like everybody expected LSU to just – you know, we were underdogs by 29 points over four touchdowns. Yes. And they walk in there. So first of all, this is, this is funny. So night before I get a, I get a group text from, I'm, I'm still in a group text with some of the specialists. They, they tell us that, that coach O has canceled all evening meetings the night before the game. And they're going to a movie night before the Bama game. And I was like, you know what? Props. Props to him because he's like, what are they going to do? Fire me? Like, <laughs> so, and then they went in and, and almost beat Alabama in the fourth quarter. And Coach O Probably should have. Like, there's should have. They had two chances to score late in the game to – to beat Alabama and could not do so. But I was, I mean, I was proud of the guys. Proud of the guys. I, I mean, we're, we're missing. And I mean, how many starters are we missing? Ten? Eight, starter, eight starters on defense were out, including the best cornerback the in nation. the country. And you're so, missing your best receiver. Um, best receiver, Keishon Boutte. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, 
it's it's weird, but you know, it's it'll be fine. It'll be fine. They'll they'll hire somebody awesome. I know that Woodward is gonna pull out you know all the stops in in his coaching search. Uh, he brought Mulkey in for the for the women's basketball job. She's a unbelievable basketball coach. So I know he's gonna he's gonna go all out. So it could be somebody like Lincoln Riley, could be somebody like Mel Tucker from Michigan State because we can pay him more than Michigan State can because we just will. I don't know who it'll be, but I, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Um, next question, football related. So a couple weeks ago, I, me- I meant to bring this up on the podcast, um, but it kind of got lost in the sauce with the interviews. So uh, Tom Brady's 600th touchdown pass, for those who didn't see the highlight, the receiver that caught it, Mike Evans, I guess he was unaware that it was Tom Brady's 600th uh, touchdown pass, and he tossed it to a guy in the stands. I think uh, maybe front row stand, front row of the of the stands, right behind the end zone. You know, trotted his way all the way back to the bench. And somebody told him, hey, bro, you just threw Tom Brady's 600th touchdown pass into the stands. You just gave it to some, you know, some guy in the first row. And so basically the the, the Buccaneers sent over like, uh, you know, some assistant guy, uh, you know, whoever, you know, equipment manager or somebody and said, hey, you know, we'll, we'll trade you for the ball back. You know, we, we, we'd like to get the ball back. Can we can we trade you? Sure. I think they gave him like a signed jersey and two tickets to. They gave him. They gave him two two jerseys. jerseys signed two, Brady jersey. Tom Brady signed two Brady signed jerseys. A Mike Evans signed jersey. A, I believe a helmet signed by both of them. The next touchdown ball that was scored after the six hundred. So I think he got six oh one. And and then Brady prom, Brady's big into the like the crypto, so I think Brady gave him a. Well, that was that was after the fact. So I'm saying strictly right. during oh, the game, oh. yeah, the guy was, got yeah, the guy got chump change for this football, yeah. and I think it yeah. came out after the game like what they traded him for it, and he was just getting absolutely rolled on social media for yeah. like. Bro, somebody at some auction site, I think it was Darren Ravel who tweeted it out, said the ball was worth like half a million, half a million dollars. And it's like, bro, you got two jerseys and a, and I got a football. It, I got it. I do have to say, I do have to say this though. Would he have made it out of the stadium with that football? I mean, he didn't get attacked in his seat. I have a hard time believing that that anybody from the Buccaneers organization would have allowed him to leave the stadium. Oh, you're saying you're oh, you're saying they're going to stop oh, him. the team. No, no. I, I see I don't think they would go that far. I think I don't even know. I don't think you go that far because that's a bad well, look. I think it is a bad look. I think it for sure is a bad look, but I think they probably they probably I, just have a customary hey, record-setting footballs, you know, this is what we trade. Here's two jerseys, yeah. a, a helmet, and two tickets to the next home game or whatever, and another ball. Like here's another ball, and what? So whatever he got, but he was getting roasted, right? So eventually yeah. that word gets out, 
and people are like, man, I would be asking for like lifetime season tickets. I want tickets to like the next three Super Bowls, all this stuff. And I'm like, you, I mean, you, you gotta, dude, you gotta ask for some kind of cash equivalent to what that football is worth, right? It's worth a lot more to the team, I think, than it is to the person who has it. Would that be right? Like, you mean to Brady I think it's, or the or well, the well, I don't know if I, – I don't think Brady – I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't think they got the ball for Brady. They definitely I did. think they got it to put but, it in like the team's Hall of Fame or something. They right. had to have because that ball, there's never – so so Brady has – he has the record for the most touchdowns thrown. So no quarterback has thrown 600 touchdown right. passes. That's what I'm saying. That's He's This ball is worth so much money. <laughs> yeah. This guy got gypped. So eventually, the you know, word gets out. He gets, you know, rolled on social media. Uh, and then, like you said, Brady's bit uh, big into into the crypto uh, world. So I think that the, the Buccaneers, obviously, I think they, you know, they ended up giving him some, some tickets and some stuff like that, some more whatever. And Brady gave him one Bitcoin, which... I don't know at the time. I don't even know what Bitcoin. I don't really follow it that much. I think it's worth like sixty-three thousand dollars. So I guess it could kind of fluctuate, go fluctuates, but, it's but that. so I, I don't even know. I mean, what what's the total value of what he got? Seventy-five thousand dollars. Not half a million. Not even close. That's. I was just curious. What would you? What would you have asked for? Would you have asked said, "Hey, cut me a check"? Because I think that's where I would have gone. I would have probably, I would have probably said, I mean, because I don't, I don't know, like in the moment, I don't know what I would have said because I don't like, that's such a weird like spot to be put in. You're like, like you, like you really want to keep that ball and you might end up selling it to some Like if you somehow, like if you somehow were at, if you were at the Red Sox game seven world series, and Devers hits a walk-off homer to win the World Series, and he gets named MVP. You got to give me fifty. Fifth, okay. So you're asking you for cash. Yeah. So yeah. you you would if want cash. Back, you would want cash over jerseys and memorabilia. I can I can buy I can go on eBay right now. See, I'm in the same I'm in the same jersey. boat. Give me cash. I'll, I'll I'll buy a Devers jersey with because I think cash. that's the only way you get what it's what worth. Want. Yeah, no, right? Yeah. There's there's no amount of because the jerseys to the team, the no jerseys to the team cost a hundred dollars yeah. or whatever. You know, yeah, they got to make no, the jersey up and then ask Brady to sign it for him. There's no amount of Brady signatures that can. I mean, his his autograph's not worth that. Much. Well, you and and like, you can only it's, have it's so expensive, many, but it's not worth. Right, yeah. like, what's he gonna do? Go, what like, are you gonna do okay. with a hundred signed Brady jerseys, or whoever? You're just gonna turn them. You're gonna turn them into right. cash. exactly. So <laughs> ask for cash in the first place. Anyway, okay, right. off my rant. But anyway, okay. Last question. We're book ending the show with Christmas holiday questions. Let's go. I feel like based on the intro you discussion, know, you already know. You already know the answer to this question. How do you feel about Christmas songs before Thanksgiving? 
I've already got the playlist saved, baby. I love it. I'm the same way. I, I think uh, the morning after we played Jaw on Halloween, I woke up and I played that song for Erica and she hated it. Mariah yep. Carey? Love it. Erica's, Erica's a, big after Thanksgiving. There's no Thanksgiving music. I'm a so You big, can play Christmas music for one-sixth of the year. I'm for it, dude. I'm here for it. I'm a big Christmas music fan. And I played it same day you did. And Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas tree got me fired up for the Christmas season. I will tell you that. Uh, yeah, you knew the answer to that question before you even had to ask it. I played Christmas music the day we got back from Buffalo after Halloween. As I was putting up the decor. All I got to say is when you hear this note, you know it's about to go down. That's when you know. November 1st, that's when you know. Hopefully Mariah Carey doesn't sue us or send us a cease and desist. We love you, Mariah. Please don't sue us. (laughs) And that's that. With that, that is the end of this week's show. You can follow us on social media at After the Snap Pod, Instagram, and Twitter for weekly updates. We'll let you know when we're releasing new episodes. This and that. As always, it has been a pleasure. This has been After the Snap Tales from Two Brothers Who Live Life Upside Down.